I invite you to return with us to Paul's second letter, uh, the second of Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter number 3. This evening, Lord willing, we'll look at two verses, verses 14 and verse number 15 of 2 Timothy chapter number 3. Previously, in verse 10 through 13, we looked at Paul's command to Timothy to follow. And if you remember, there are nine areas, there are, are nine areas, and we talked about nine areas of life in which Timothy is to follow Paul. Paul mentions that, they're right there in the text, and he was to continue in those, and he knew Paul's doctrine, manner of life, and purpose, and they're all listed there for us. We looked at that the last time we were together on Sunday evening. I want to remind you again tonight that Paul is not placing himself above Christ. He is not telling Timothy to follow him and not follow Christ. That's not what Paul is doing here. Paul is setting his life in contrast to that of the false teachers. The false teachers, of course, who have their own doctrine. Paul is saying, you know my doctrine. The false teachers who have their own manner of life and purpose Paul is saying to Timothy, you know my manner of life compared to theirs, and you know my purpose. You also know about the persecutions and sufferings and things that I've been through. So Paul is not telling Timothy to take his eyes off of Christ and look to him. He is setting himself in contrast to the false teachers that were present there at Ephesus. And so he's contrasting that life. And Paul knew that when Timothy is overwhelmed with unbiblical teaching and preaching that he can take courage, he can be encouraged from his first-hand knowledge of the Apostle Paul, his biblical life. Paul not only taught and believed true doctrine, but he lived that which he believed and which he taught. And of course, we know tonight we are not to follow people or things that are unbiblical. And I say that tonight kindly tongue-in-cheek because it is absolutely amazing if we would know the numbers of people tonight that packed churches and arenas and the number of people tonight that are gathered together in the name of Jesus and yet they are following unbiblical and unsound teachers and preachers. It's amazing if you want to pack an arena just promote unbiblical doctrine and put the name of Jesus or the Holy Spirit on it, and people will just flock to that in massive numbers. But we are thankful tonight that we have godly people, that we have biblical patterns of truth that we can look to when we're tempted uh, to be overcome with error. Let me read verse 14 and 15, and then we're going to turn to the book of Proverbs, uh, chapter 4. Uh, but I want us to read that tonight and then come back to Timothy. But we'll begin in 2 Timothy 3, verse 14 and verse number 15. Now remember, Paul has just told Timothy that evil men and seducers are going to get worse and worse. They are going to deceive people, and in their deception they are going to be deceived themselves. But he says this to Timothy in verse 14 of chapter 3 of 2 Timothy. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known 
the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Now just on the surface there, Paul is telling Timothy, you're to continue in the things you have learned and the things that you have known, the people you have known that have taught you truth, you know them. You're to continue in those things. You know where what you have learned, you know where that has come from, you know the source of that, and you are to continue in that. Let's turn back hundreds, maybe thousands of years to the book of Proverbs, chapter number 4, and let's listen to the words of Solomon, and let's see if these words sound anything familiar to what we have just read tonight in the book of Timothy, chapter 4 of the book of Proverbs. And as you're finding your place there, remember, Timothy is to continue in the things that he has learned, the things that he's been assured of, and the things that he knows from the people that he knows well. Now listen to what the proverb writer says in Proverbs 4, verse 1. Hear, ye children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened, and when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away, unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness, and drink the, the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as the shining light, that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. 
Let thine eyes look right on, and thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. With those words on your mind, now go back to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. And let me read these again with these words I've just read in your mind from the proverb writer. Listen to what Paul says to Timothy. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Do you see the similarities there tonight? What Paul is telling Timothy to do, Solomon is saying over in the book of Proverbs. He is saying to his son, you have heard the instruction. You have heard the truth that I have given you. Don't, don't venture from that. Don't vary from that. Stay with that. When you look to the, to the world, don't enter the path of the wicked. Avoid it. Pass by it. He said, for they can't go to sleep unless they have done evil and taken men away from the truth. Over and over, as I read those verses, he said, My son, attend to my words. They're life to you. They will keep your heart, and they will help you stay in the right path. That's exactly what Paul is telling Timothy tonight in our text. Look with me for a few moments here in 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 15 at Paul's exhortation for Timothy to continue. He says that in verse 4, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Along with the author of Proverbs, the proverb writer said to his son, These are things I taught you. From the Word of God, continue in that. Paul is saying to Timothy, These are things that you have learned of me. You've known my doctrine, my manner of life. This is truth that I have given you, and I want you to continue in that. Now what Paul is reminding Timothy of here and exhorting him to do, he is saying to Timothy, You, you are to follow the teaching that I have given you. You, in comparison to the false teachers and others who have moved away from the truth, don't embrace their error. He is saying, I want you to continue in the truth that you have known. Two aspects of these verses tonight that I want to mention. First of all, I want you to notice with me the action that Timothy is to take. And secondly, I want you to know the great assets that Timothy has in order to obey what Paul is telling him to do. The action that he's to take, and then the assets that he has to help him fulfill what Timothy, what Paul has asked him to do. Number one, the action is in verse number 14. The action, he is to continue. It's a present imperative, which means he must take action in order to continue. The word continue there in our text tonight means to abide or remain in the same place over a period of time. This present, very powerful imperative call is for Timothy to remain and to move forward in this constant habitual way of life. He remains anchored to the truth as he moves forward in his growth and in his ministry. 
And again, as I have stated numerous times throughout the course of preaching through this book, I do not think Paul thinks for a moment that Timothy has within himself the ability to do anything that Paul is asking him to do. And I don't assume tonight that you or I, either one, have the ability within ourselves to remain or to continue or to do the things that the Word of God is asking us to do. We go back to chapter 2 of this book in verse number 1, and we find out how we're able to do this. How is Timothy able to continue? How can he take this action? Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. We are able to continue. We are able to stay. We are able to embrace truth and live truth, not because of our own ability, but because of the strengthening grace of Almighty God. And that's what Paul is saying to Timothy here in the text. If he continues, it will be because of the strong grace that's in Christ Jesus. If you and I continue tonight, it will be because of the strong grace that is in Christ Jesus. I'm thankful tonight that the grace of God is strong enough and sufficient enough to help each of us continue in this great walk of faith. Now, if you go back to verse 16 of 2 Timothy chapter 2, I want you to look there for a moment. Just go back. We've already covered these texts. But notice in chapter 2 of 2 Timothy, verse 16, when Paul is speaking again to Timothy, he is saying, But shun profane and vain babblings. And then he makes this statement, For they, talking about the false teachers, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Can you look around tonight and see how that is happening? There is not a decrease of ungodliness. There is an increase in ungodliness. How do you and I continue when there is an increase in ungodliness? We do that by the grace of God. How do we continue to be faithful? How do we continue to teach and preach and embrace sound doctrine when there's, there's an increase of false doctrine all around us? We do that, as I mentioned, by the grace of God. That word increase there in 2 Timothy 2.16 means to advance. It's like cutting out a path. It's like a pioneer. There's no limits to what the evil one will do to promote false doctrine. They'll do whatever they need to do. And he is saying to Timothy, you are going to live in a world where ungodliness and false teaching increases, but I want you to continue. I want you to stay. I want you to stand firm in the sound doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, Timothy, they're not going away. They're going to increase. And I want to tell you tonight, they're not going away. They're going to increase. They're not going to become false teachers and false doctrine. is not going to become less and less. It's going to become more and more. And you say, well, preacher, one day we're going to be outnumbered. We've always been outnumbered. Fear not little flock it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom straight is the gate and narrow is the way but broad is the way that leads to destruction this is not about us being outnumbered this is about us having to rely upon the grace of God to continue and be strong in the faith even in the midst of ever increasing ungodliness notice back in 2 Timothy chapter 3 notice if you go back up to verse 10, Paul had already used this language, but thou hast fully known. And now come back down to verse 14, but continue thou. 
he is saying in contrast to the false teachers, but as for you, Timothy, you are to stay with it. You can't walk away from it. He's using that language, and he uses the word thou. Some English translations say, but you, and it's, and it's good either way. But he is saying here, you, he's calling attention to Timothy, to his personal life. He's saying, I know what they're doing, but I want you to do this. He is saying, I know what is happening out there with the false teachers, but here's what you are to do, Timothy. You are to continue. And the Lord would say to us tonight, to us men, to us fathers, He would say to us, I know what other men are doing. I know what other fathers are doing. But you are to do this. You. It's emphatic here. He wants you to understand that He is speaking to you. This speaks volumes to me tonight because it seems to me that people all over, they're all into and they're all about everyone else. You talk to people and they constantly tell you about Everyone else in the world, what they are doing and what they are not doing. Paul zeroes in on Timothy. He's saying, Timothy, it really isn't about what Rome is doing. It, it isn't about any of that. You continue in the faith. You continue in the faith. And don't be sidetracked or don't embrace this false teaching. For a great example of this, turn back for just a moment to John's Gospel, chapter 21, the last chapter in John's gospel you remember where the disciples had all went away from the Lord and you remember after his resurrection and they're scattered and they're gone and in John chapter 21 is that beautiful picture where you remember Peter and them are back out fishing again and they caught nothing and Jesus comes to them you remember and fixes breakfast for them when they're away from God and away from his will and calls them to shore and, and feeds them. You remember that? That's a beautiful, beautiful story and how the Lord questions Peter about his loyalty. But, uh, you know, Peter just never fully got rid of Peter. He just never could like us. He couldn't get all of that under control. And after all of that grace and love that Christ has shown to them, uh, look with me at verse 21 of John 21. Peter, seeing him, talking about John, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Uh, the Lord's been telling Peter, feed my sheep, feed my lamb. And then uh, Peter looks around and John is standing there. And Peter says to the Lord, what's John going to do? How, how, you know, how's John going to turn out in all of this? And look at verse 22, I love this answer. Jesus saith unto him, talking about Peter, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Jesus in his love said, Peter, don't you worry about John. You follow me. You do what I've called you to do. That's the same sentiment Paul is echoing to Timothy in our text tonight when he says to him, but continue thou, you continue, you follow me. I don't know what the false teachers are going to do. I don't know what other preachers are going to do. I don't know what all, but Timothy, you continue in the faith. You stay with it. You do what I have called you to do. You be faithful. All this other stuff will take care of itself. 
Do not think the importance of continuing tonight can be overstated. It was a common theme of the Apostle Paul throughout his writings. I was blown away the past couple of weeks just doing a word study in the New Testament on the word continue. It is absolutely amazing. And that's what he's saying to Timothy here. I want you to continue. I want you to abide. I want you to remain with the same doctrine and the same teaching and the same truth that you've always had. Just continue. Let me give you a couple examples. You don't have to turn back there, but in Acts chapter 13, where Luke tells us in that recording, Paul and Barnabas, and Paul had preached and the congregation had departed, is what the text tells us, and there's some Jews and religious proselytes that, are, that, are, that have stayed around for Paul to give them more information. And it says in Acts 13, 43, that Paul persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. In other words, he said the same thing that he's saying to Timothy. You men stay with it. Don't walk away from this grace. Again, in Acts 14, 22, Paul and Barnabas, it said, exhorted them to continue in the faith. To the Colossians, after Paul had just described what it meant to be reconciled to God, he says to them in Colossians 1, 23, Continue in the faith, grounded and settled. And uh, he says, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. This theme of continuing is so important. And it's so important for us tonight. When so many things seem to be sparkling and, and they seem to be glistening. And, and sometimes the Christian is, is just at his church. And the preacher's still preaching. Bless his heart, he's been there for two decades and he's just... He's just preaching. He don't. He don't know how to. He doesn't know how to uh, be. You know, really come over as as popular like all the other preachers. And I love my pastor, but bless his heart, he just preaches. That's all he does, and he never does anything exciting. He he he. He's just the same old thing. He's predictable. He gets up every Sunday and preaches, and Sunday night he preaches, and he just preaches. That's what he does. I'm kind of interested in going somewhere where the preacher kind of mixes it up. He tells us what he thinks one Sunday and then what the Bible says the next Sunday. That isn't what Paul told Timothy to do. That isn't what Paul told those in Acts 13 or 14 to do. That's not what Paul told the Colossians to do. He says if you've been reconciled and you're in Christ, then you continue in the faith. You continue in the grace. And you continue in the things that you've been taught by me and have heard of me that are sound truth. I read from Proverbs 4 a few moments ago at the beginning of this message. And continuing is essentially what Solomon was saying to those under his care. Another example, Proverbs 23, 17. Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. Continue. Live in the fear of God. Don't be enticed. Don't be pulled away. But continue. That's the message of our text tonight. That's my message to you. Just as the false teachers were increasing in Timothy's day, and the sinners were increasing in Solomon's day, and both are increasing tonight, you and I are to continue. We're to remain in the fear of the Lord all the day long. We are to stay with it and abide.
if for some reason you see the, or fail to see the seriousness of continuing or possibly think your continuing is guaranteed, I want you to listen carefully to the verses I'm about to read. Some folks think that continuing is a give me. In other words, there's no way that I could ever depart. There's no way that I could ever uh, slip away from truth. Listen to these words if you don't take this seriously. Matthew 26, 41, our Lord said, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. Listen to what He says. The Spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Why do you think Paul told this to Timothy? Why do you think Solomon said that to those under his care? Why do you think I'm saying this to you tonight? Because the Spirit is still willing, but our flesh is still weak. and We can easily be drawn away. Listen to 1 Timothy 1.6, From which some, having swerved, have turned aside unto vain jangling. That's where we started a few years ago in 1 Timothy with some having turned away. Do you know that most people who are in cults tonight were not evangelized into cults? Most of them came out of Christian faith at some point in their life because they disbelieved sound doctrine. I promise you tonight, if you could go inside a kingdom hall of the Jehovah Witnesses, I promise you tonight, you would find more former Baptists and Methodists in there than you would find any other type of people in those types of cults. They just simply swerved away from truth. And now they're deceived. Listen to 2 Corinthians 3 verse 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves. Paul said, I don't have this covered. I am not my greatest asset. He said, but our sufficiency is of God. Again, I stress it. If we are to continue, if we are to stay true to God, it'll have to be the grace and the strength of God that helps us do it. Have you ever said, I can't believe that preacher messed up. He'd been at it for 40 years, and he messed up. I can't believe that Christian. I remember when he used to teach in Sunday school. He taught Sunday school for 30 years. I can't believe that that person has dropped away from the faith and has moved away. Listen, that can happen to any of us if we fail to draw from the grace of God and if we fail to continue. You don't have to be an expert tonight in church history. To know that more than a few professing Christians have not paid attention to Solomon's words. They have not paid attention to the words of the Apostle Paul. They've not paid attention to the things that Paul has written and that Solomon wrote. And many pay no attention to their own pastor who warns them and exhorts them to continue in the faith. The pages of church history are full of people who have strayed and swerved and no longer serve God. And may I say tonight, the pages of the history of Wesleyan Lord Baptist Church is filled with the names of people who have failed to continue. Now I want to say this tonight, our salvation, our salvation is not secured by our ability to continue. But rather, our continuing 
is evidence of the fact that we are actually saved and in Christ. I don't continue in order to be saved. I continue because I am saved. We continue in the faith. Beware. Listen to this quote by Charles Spurgeon. Beware. Error often rides to its deadly work on the back of truth. What a great statement. I mentioned to you a moment ago that there is the action here that must be taken. Timothy, you must continue. Let me say quickly in closing, notice the assets that are available so Timothy can continue. They're here in the text. But continue thou in the things which thou hast, and here's the assets, the things you have learned, the things you've been assured of, and the things that you know have been spoken by me, you've learned them from me. And then here's the big asset in verse 15, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. I want to point this out quickly lest I forget it. Timothy had not known Paul from a child. Paul could have possibly known Timothy from a child. Paul may have known when Timothy was born. There's people that I have known all of my life, but I didn't really know them until I got old enough to know them. You follow what I'm saying? Paul is saying you can continue by following me because you know me, you've learned some things from me, that's an asset, and what you've learned from me, you have been assured of, it has been absolute truth. But he said, long before you ever learned anything from me, and long before you ever knew me, you knew the Word of God. I personally believe, as I said in the first epistle, that from the time Timothy was inside his mother's womb, I believe that Eunice and Lois, they taught him the Word of God. That's how Timothy knew what Paul was teaching was right. Yes, we need godly people like Solomon or like Paul to teach us truth, but we first and foremost have got to know truth in order to know we're being taught truth. You don't want to die living just on what I told you. You want to live and die based on the truth, and you want to surround yourself by teachers and individuals who are endorsing and who are still entrusting to you and giving to you the truth of the Word of God. Timothy, you've got assets. First of all, you've known the book. All of your life. I stood last week with a man who opened his Bible. I had asked him to read, and he opened his Bible. And he said to me, How do I know that God is saying that to me? And I explained that to him as best as I could. And he said, uh, I know what you say to me, and I appreciate what you say to me. And I look back at him and said, listen, if I ever say anything to you that contradicts what God has said to you, you believe the book and forget what I said. The only way we can continue, number one, is to have the asset of God's Word. And number two, to have people around us who teach that Word and enforce that Word and help us better understand that Word. Parents, that is why it is essential that you put God's Word in the minds and hearts of your children, even if they don't want it. 
Because when you and I are long gone, that Word will continue to work. Paul, in a few months, maybe days, is going to be gone from Timothy. But Timothy's going to continue. He's going to continue because he has the asset of the Word of God that was given to him from the time he was a child. Now, I probably could ask most of this congregation, I would imagine most people in here tonight, there might be one or two, but most of us probably in here tonight have never known a day in our life when we didn't know the Word of God to some, in some way, shape, or form. There may be a few folks in here who, who didn't have that privilege. I came up with the Word of God taught to me. I was taken to church a few days after I was born, and I've had the Word of God all around me. I've never known a day in my life that I didn't have a copy of the Word of God. And I've been around family that preached the Word of God, taught me the Word of God. Mom and Dad had the Word of God in me. My grandparents had the Word of God. I've just had it all around me. There's a different generation out here tonight. There's a different generation that hadn't even seen the Word of God. They know nothing about the Word of God. How are they going to continue in something they don't know? Brother, this all starts with God's blessed book. That's why we have to make sure they have the Word of God. What was the first thing Satan did in the garden to tempt Adam and Eve? He didn't deny the existence of God. Atheism was not the issue in the Garden of Eden. Whether what God said was true or not, that's the issue. It wasn't even the issue had God said anything. The issue was, is, has what God said, is it true? Maybe God meant it this way or that way. Paul said to Timothy, you've got two vital assets going for you, young man. You've had this book from a child. You've known the Holy Scriptures. And those Holy Scriptures made you wise unto salvation. And We'll talk about the power of the Scriptures in the next message. Church, we got a great asset tonight. That's the precious book. And that helps us continue. Could I echo Paul's words to Timothy tonight and say to you, love the Bible, live the Bible, read the Bible, trust the Savior that's in this book. If you're lost tonight, read the Word of God. It'll make you wise unto salvation. We are saved by the engrafted Word of God. Paul, as I mentioned, is only months, days, maybe even hours away from his head being chopped off for his faith. And he says to Timothy, you continue in the holy writings of God. You continue in that holy book. Do you remember them silly women back up in verse 6 and 7? Do you remember one of those characteristics of these silly women was they was ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth? Paul said to Timothy, you've learned and you've been able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now continue in that. Continue in that. Timothy was settled. He had learned. He had gained knowledge by proper instruction. And the only antidote there is tonight to this world of apostasy and the asset to the child of God is for us to continue. It's the Word of God. Timothy had been a student. He had been a pupil. He had been a learner by placing himself under the ministry of Paul. Timothy also, the text said, was assured. He was convinced. Convinced. He had an inner conviction of the truth that he had been taught. What he was hearing Paul say was certainly going much farther than what he had heard his mother and grandmother, but there was no contradiction in what Paul was telling him later in Paul's teaching because Timothy had that foundation of the Word of God in which he would know truth. He knew his teachers. And he knew the Scriptures. I can't think of two more important things to leave with you tonight than this. 
Number one, know the Scriptures. And number two, know your teachers. And if you've got a teacher, I don't care what they're teaching you, if you've got a teacher that don't teach according to Scripture, get rid of the teacher. I don't care if it's up here, down there, out yonder. Timothy had the assets of a Scripture and of a teacher who knew the Scripture. Let me close by reading Luke chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. Listen to the opening verses of Luke's Gospel. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the Word. You hear what Luke's saying? Luke's saying what you're about to read in this book has been delivered unto us. And what you're going to read is coming from eyewitnesses and ministers of the Word. He said, It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee, Most excellent Theophilus. And he said, Here's why I'm writing these things to you, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. Sad day for Timothy, heartbreaking, his father in the faith, his mentor, his preaching hero, is about to die. But Paul can look at him and say, you can continue, son. You can continue because, number one, long before you ever, you ever came out of your mother's womb, the Scripture was being put in you, and they have taught you the Word of God. And you have sat and listened to me and followed me and heard me preach and teach and what I preached and taught did not contradict that Scripture that was in your heart. Do, do you understand tonight how blessed we are to have Scripture? And then for many of us who have had people to live that out in front of us. I mentioned my uncle a few weeks ago. And I do, I value, he lived out the faith. And I had the privilege of seeing that and having that to be a part of my life. Lord willing, we'll dig deeper into the importance of the Word in our continuing next time we preach from the text. But as I close tonight, I want to say two things before I pray and read a verse of Scripture. Hopefully not any here, but for some listening to me tonight, when they hear the word continue, to them that means one thing. Continue and stay with what I've always done. To some, that means to continue with the same cover on your Bible or continue with the same hymn book I've always had or continue with the same services, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Continue with two revivals a year, spring and fall. Paul isn't talking about any of that. But when some people hear the word continue, that means continue the way I've always done things. Continue to believe the way I... That's not what Paul's talking about at all. Paul is talking about continue in this book, his word. Continue in the things that are biblical, not the things that are traditional, the things that are biblical. Some folks tonight are so proud they haven't changed hymn books in 40 years and they actually think that's where their victory in Jesus comes from. That is not where your victory in Jesus comes from. Or we do the, you know, we do the, 
we do the same way we've always done. And that, no, that's not what Paul's talking about. Timothy, let me assure you this, Timothy was no traditionalist safeguarding the old-time way or any other way for that matter. That's not what continue means. It means continue tonight in the things that you have learned from the Scriptures and from those people around you who have taught you truth and sound doctrine based on the Word of God. Just before I pray, Proverbs 30, verse 5, Every word of God is pure. He, speaking of the Word, is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. And the same is true tonight of God's precious Word. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this Lord's Day. Thank You for the privilege to be able to preach. Thank You for someone to preach to. Lord, thank You for the words tonight. Words that were written Lord, many, many years ago, Lord, I can't imagine the heart that was between Paul and Timothy. We just can't imagine the relationship they had. It's so special, so, so loving, so intimate, so powerful. But Lord, Paul wanted this young preacher to continue. While the false teachers were increasing in number and in sin and deception, he asked this young preacher to continue, and he wanted to remind him of the two greatest assets he had, the Scripture and those who could take that Scripture and rightly divide it and help him to be faithful. I want to thank you tonight again for the Word of God. I want to thank you for preserving it for us, for writing it, for preserving it for us. And I want to thank you tonight for everyone you've placed in my life in the past, for those you have in my life tonight, in, in the very present, who I can learn from and grow from and remain steadfast because of their teaching of the Word of God, because their teaching is absolutely biblical. Thank you for these men who have written that we pull volumes off the shelf and we read their words that they wrote hundreds of years ago, but their words are, are true because they're balanced and they are, they are in line with the Scriptures. Lord, we're so blessed tonight to have these assets. And may we continue to give our children, our grandchildren, and our families the Word of God. And then may we as Paul live that very Word that we give our children so they too will be able to continue in the faith. I pray you'd help West Lenore Baptist Church to continue tonight. And Lord, be faithful until you call us home. Make us strong in your grace, and we'll thank you for all you do. Bless our families and individuals who need your help tonight. I pray you'd encourage and strengthen those sick and unable to be with us. I ask you, Lord, to encourage and help them as well. And we just want to tell you again we love you. And thank you for being our Savior and our God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.